Welcome to the Founder Insights Podcast by Animoca Brands. I'm your host, Rich Robinson, serial entrepreneur and entrepreneur in residence here at Animoca Brands, where I work with our hundreds and hundreds of portfolio companies to cheerlead, cajole, and counsel them on their Web3 journeys. Today, I'm speaking with Inder Pohl, CEO of Pixelinks a company he co-founded along with music legends Dead Mouse and Richie Hawkins. Pixelinks is an LA-based company with operations spanning across five countries, and it blurs the lines between Web3, music, and gaming with its products. In December 2022, Animoca Brands took a controlling stake in the company, and we talk about Inder's journey and the state of the art of what they're working on. LFG. Ah, excellent. So we have some uh, uh, hieroglyphs back yeah, there ancient, to- uh, ancient, ancient artifacts to, to keep an eye on. The original NFTs. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, yes. I think uh, the- uh, People are looking, will be looking back at NFTs maybe in the same way that people have looked back at uh, hieroglyphics and trying to divine some things from them um, <laughs> that uh, may not actually be there, but uh, are going to make for great, uh, for great storytelling. And speaking of great storytelling, um, that's one of the core superpowers that I believe that you possess and are able to bring together like a maestro is the ability to use music as a storytelling medium. And, uh, on that note, what are, what are the most exciting things that you're working on right now? What's the, what's right in, right in front of you under your nose? Yeah, for sure. So we have, um, a game that we've been developing called Elinxa, which is really our flagship product. And currently, uh, the mobile, um, version of that game is out testing at the moment. And the game is built on, uh, Niantic Lightship technology, which is the same tech that powers Pokemon Go. And the idea is we're trying to reimagine what it means to collect music. So in this mobile application, like Pokemon Go, you explore the world and you can discover exclusive music NFTs and music experiences. And we really see it as an interesting new canvas for one artist to express themselves and really kind of push the boundaries of their music, um, but also kind of re reimagining what it means to collect music and how will that paradigm change as music and gaming start to converge. So the mobile application is, I think, a pretty good expression of that and something that we're you know, super excited about. We're about to launch some really fun AI tools in there. And yeah, I can, I can go into that, uh, you know, over the course of the call. Terrific. Fantastic. I think that you are indeed a polymath able to pull together AR and gaming and AI and storytelling. I think that's one of the things that you do best. You're able to blend together all of these exciting new technologies to create, create a new paradigm. And, you know, and you recently come under the Animoca uh, family. Welcome. Welcome, brother. Welcome. <laughs> Thank and you. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of, so many exciting collaborations uh, within the Animoca ecosystem. And, you know, one of the things that I hear you often talk about is around how gaming is so important. And indeed, that's the tip of the spear 
for us at Animoca, you know, 3.4 billion gamers, almost a $200 billion industry. Um, music, um, about a $25 billion industry. Is that, is that how you frame it? Um, nothing, nothing to shake a, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe a little larger. Yeah, maybe a little larger. I think in total, probably 45, would, 50. And, yeah. Yeah. 45, 50. Okay, good. Fair enough. I stand corrected. And uh, I think, you know, music, 45, you know, $50 billion industry, still quite, quite large, but, um, you know, gaming uh, is, is growing at a, perhaps an even, even faster rate. And to be able to connect gaming with music, I think is uh, something that, really needs to be reinvented. I've heard you speak before about how basically rhythm gaming with uh, guitar hero is still kind of a, um, paradigm that we're still, we're still stuck in, but I think you have all kinds of in incredible, you know, fantastic ideas. And I'd love to hear more of your, your vision around that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, it's really interesting. I mean, music you know, if you think about just music as a concept, it's such an incredibly powerful medium that we have in society. Like it connects billions of people through this universal language that we have as, as music. Um, and, you know, our connection with it, our relationship with it has changed so much over time. You know, maybe the early experiences of music are much more primal and tribal. You know, you've got communities experiencing and maybe even shaping the music together in a much more sort of ritualistic fashion in you know, um, dance circles and so on. So, you know, a very, very early example of what music experiences could used to look like. And as we fast forward, you know, centuries, you know, the music experience has changed. Music's really evolved from an art form into a business as well. And so there's always this kind of contrast that you're, you're battling with in the music industry where the art form and the business don't always go hand in hand. And that's been really interesting just as a, as a concept to watch. But, you know, what we've seen, I think, you know, especially over the last 10 years is the music industry, the business has just been so shaky ever since the dot-com era, you know, Napster and uh, everything that happened in that period, which we don't need to go over in principle. I think everyone knows um, what happened, uh, you know, just completely rocked the industry. And, and there was not really any, uh, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. I think a lot of people kind of completely lost faith in where the music industry could go. And I think the industry had a lack of foresight about how important, you know, the internet and this technology was really going to be in terms of shaping the way music is experienced and consumed. Um, and what we've got to now is an industry where music is this incredibly powerful medium, but the music is not actually worth that much. In principle, it's, it's you know, we, we it has no value, but it still is this extre extremely powerful medium that connects people. And, you know, we have this opportunity now, I think, to completely reimagine what music is. And, you know, the metaverse changes all of that. You know, not only the art form of the business changes, uh, the art form of music, but also the business of music is going to undergo some interesting changes. And, you know, I'll, I'll go into the product in a second, but, you know, I think about MTV quite a lot and what that did for music culture as a whole. You know, videos suddenly became this canvas for artists to express themselves, you know, the, the, the art form of music changed and you, you suddenly had this new way to express yourself, even though it maybe didn't monetize. If we think about MTV as, as an artist, it was more about exposure. It created this incredible culture that we have around music today and new jobs were created and the industry, you know, flourished, I'd say off the back of, you know, to some extent that canvas 
And I think we're about to experience that times a thousand. You know, the canvas now for artists is not just a music video. It's interactive experiences. It's games. It's virtual worlds and everything that this new landscape presents. And so to me, I'm really excited about this convergence that's taking place of music with gaming, AI and Web3. And it's this combination of all those tools that will completely unlock the industry and ultimately will, will be a, a very different industry to what we experience today. And I think we'll start to see more immersion, you know, new formats of how music consumption could take place and new distribution channels, which is what gets really interesting. You know, the choices for an artist today to release your music are very limited. It's, you know, band camp and do it the ind independent way or basically get your music into a streaming platform. But we're looking at it in a slightly different lens. Like what if music was more, more than just the audio? What if music was the interactive experience? It was the digital wearables that you collect. It's the whole kind of ecosystem of what music can offer as, um, you know, a culture that I think the metaverse unpacks completely and whether it's through the use of you know gaming nfts ai you know each one of these is going to change the industry but when you start to combine them i think we're going to enter a really exciting space where like i said the format of music changes but also the distribution channels and really what we're building is we think going to be the flagship example of that we're going to try and push the boundaries of what new formats of music could look like new examples of distribution but in the back end, we're also building technology so artists can distribute this content across a whole network of products, not just ours. And you know, the long-term vision here is to have a whole ecosystem of uh, platforms that really represent the future of music consumption and distribution. And that's you know really focusing in on gaming and, and the interactive element that we think music uh, has to offer. Wow, man! I believe I believe you you really unlock something in my head there because. We often say, hey, the biggest community in the world are gamers. 3.4 billion people are gamers. But, you know, as you know, we just crossed the 8 billion mark on this planet. And actually, the biggest community in the world are uh, music listeners, appreciators. You know, no matter how young somebody is or how old somebody is, even if one is hearing imp impaired, you can still feel the music. And uh, it's become this you ubiquitous part of society that is really highly uh, valuable, but it's not necessarily, uh, the artists are not necessarily compensated uh, in, in the proper way. And to be able to unlock that, perhaps in the same way that games were unlocked. I remember clearly games being pirated very much so in China. I spent a lot of my career there. And then things were made to be you know, free to play with virtual items and that created these multi multi-billion dollar industries. And in, in some ways you just need to be able to shift the business model and shift the entire uh, mindset around it to be able to unlock a lot of value. Completely. I think, you know, one, one thing that I think is really important to emphasize is we ask artists to produce more and more content as the world gets, you know, more advanced, whether it's social media and TikTok, for example, you know, we continuously ask musicians to produce more and more content and they get paid, generally speaking, less as we start to go through this process. And so we were thinking about this a lot. Well, how would an artist survive in the metaverse when they already struggle to survive in our current internet landscape of social media? You know, it's, it's already hard enough to create content for TikTok whilst trying to produce great music. And so 
For us, the answer is fans. I think the only way artists are really going to be able to survive in the metaverse at scale when it comes to representing themselves and sharing their content is by fans actually being the ones to create and share a lot of that content. So for us, the paradigm shift is artists are going to collaborate with fans a lot more and they're going to give them assets. They're going to give them 3D files and all of this will be on chain and they'll empower fans to go and create all of this content for them to create the virtual experiences. And I'll give you a cool example, something we did last year with Dead Mouse. We um, basically created a competition where we asked fans to create scenes in, in the Unreal Engine. We gave them 3D files and they could create these virtual scenes for a new single called When the Summer Dies. And it was a description and a high level brief. And so, you know, hundreds of, uh, you know, thousands of fans produced content using Unreal and we stitched all of it together to create a music video. And this music video is online. It's a hundred percent fan made and it looks like it could have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it was a really interesting example of what we think the future relationship will look like between artists and fans. It's much more collaborative. You know, the old, the current uh, paradigm, you could say, is one way. You know, the artist puts their content out there and just basically expects fans to consume it. And, and we think what Web3 and the Metaverse unlocks is a much more mutually beneficial relationship that starts to unlock, you know, just more value and more creativity and connection where the artist and the fan can co-create and, and you know, that I think is incredibly powerful, not just for you know, the artist, but also for the fan and the, the whole industry in general. Indeed, I saw, you know, Dead Mouse, of course, D-E-A-D-M-A-U number five uh, dropped um, along with you guys, uh, the, you know, heads, H-E-A-D number five. And uh, that, that project seemed to be like a giant playground and collaborative project between um, you know, his fans and, um, you know, having creativity build upon creativity. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think that's the beautiful thing of NFTs in, in general, right? It's like every thing that you release becomes a platform. Every NFT in its own right could become so much more than it is just by nature of its design. And, and that's, again, it's a paradigm shift and it takes time for, I think, creators and IP holders and, and even fans to understand, you know, what's possible here. But, you know, as you start to create, you know, new products like a, like a, you know, PFP drop, what we saw was fans started to create their own uh, games and experiences on top of it. So immediately a fan made an AR filter where you could just quickly just uh, log in with your wallet and have the dead mouse head, um, you know, on your avatar. But I think that innovation is really exciting where it's coming from fans and, and the artists can then start to really nurture uh, you know, new products, new innovations, you know, new creativity that's largely spared by, you know, the creativity of their fans. And and mod culture is is super exciting just for us as a whole. You know, we think about, you know, mod culture and gaming and UGC and gaming versus where UGC and mod culture and music is. And they're worlds apart. There's no such thing really in in music other than remixing that really kind of goes into this. And I think TikTok is the next kind of evolution of it where fans are actively creating and, you know, becoming participants, but that's still just the early stages of what this new dynamic of UGC and mods, for example, could look like in music. I think once you empower fans to create and give them the tools, they're going to push the boundaries of an artist's music way further than the artist might have even imagined in the first place. And I think that's super exciting. Yeah, bringing things on chain, as I've heard you discuss before, 
not only opens up that that creativity, but uh, also opens up a lot of uh, transparency in the in the industry uh, in in general that is that is much needed. Um, in some ways, it's better for the artist and better for the consumer, but there's going to be some kind of inertia and resistance within the uh, within the music community. How do, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting question because I think it's so nuanced on on kind of where we're thinking about things going on chain. So the first most obvious next step is that streaming goes on chain. So Spotify and and you know maybe some of these other platforms. I think the reality of that is is a long term um, discussion. I think it's not something we'll probably see in the next you know one to two years, but maybe over the next five years. And and that's just incumbent you know old architecture that we have in the music industry it it's so fragmented so i think what we'll start to see is just this sequential evolution of things going on chain um but yeah 100 percent. i think in terms of transparency it's needed you know it's it, we still we still live in this paradigm where an artist doesn't know you know who their listeners are on some of the biggest platforms in the world they still have no transparency over who their listeners are you know they don't have real-time tracking on how their usage, how their music is potentially being listened to. And so all of these things just get changed so quickly as you start to put anything on chain. It just you know, empowers artists to be able to have control over their data and, and be more strategic with uh, you know, how they engage their fans. But 100%, I think it's, uh, it's the inevitable fate of, of every industry, I think, is transparency and on, you know, for, for the balls to break down between, you know, consumers and, and the kind of old, uh, the platform owners, let's say. Indeed right now, I mean, merchandising and touring is the lion's share of, a uh, artist's income in the, in the music space, but then you're physically limited by the size of the venue and the number of shows that you can do, um, as well as of course, the moving the actual bits versus the bites of, of, you know, t-shirts and hats, et cetera. Um, you know, we've, we've seen, uh, Travis Scott and we've seen, you know, Fortnite and Roblox and, um, there seems to be appetite for fans to really engage with their artists, uh, uh favorite artists in, in with hundreds of thousands and millions, soon tens of millions or, or, or even more in the, uh, in the future. Uh, how do you, how do you envision that playing out in the, uh, medium to long-term. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the biggest challenges right now that exists is um, existing in these virtual interactive spaces is expensive and the, the it's not completely democratized just yet for the music industry. You know, most of the kind of virtual um, environments that we're talking about are not designed for music. So there's always challenges around like how do rights exist within these spaces and how, how does music technically work when the business model doesn't scale? Um, but I think what we'll see happening is a very specific group of platforms being developed. You know, Elinxer is one of them, and, and there's many others that are very focused on the music industry and democratizing the music industry's entrance into the metaverse, into these virtual playable environments. Um, and to me, that's the most important next step is this democratization that will happen where Travis Scott was an incredible experience. It cost millions of dollars and took a year and a half to make. We're now in moving into a space where through the combination of AI, UGC tools, game engines, and even Web3, um, you know, all of these pieces combined, now all of suddenly 
democratize the, the ability to create experiences like that. And I think that's what we'll get to is just this democratization and bridging where AAA content is now not only reserved for a handful of artists. Everyone's going to be able to participate because the platforms um, were really focused on look at that, that democratization of uh, you know mind-blowingly beautiful content and, and using AI specifically to help facilitate that. I think that's the most exciting next stage here, and, and we'll then see more artists starting to experiment and play in these spaces. The challenge is right now it's just extremely expensive, and so you know. Travis Scott is, is incredible because Epic can fund that and because you have an artist with that kind of pull. Um, but, you know, the next, the next few years, I think the, the responsibility is to help bridge that gap and give everyone an, an even playing field to be able to create equally compelling content. I think that's when we will see the real win for, for the music industry in this space. Indeed, I love that you talk about incorporating AI and cooperating with our machine overlords as <laughs> as they become so much more advanced not just in text and in graphics but ultimately music and movies as well too and i think that kind of one of your secret sauces uh you and your co-founders is be able to uh leverage uh what's what's available uh to be able to create new things i know that uh dead mouse has used unreal engine to pull together uh, some of his shows, thinking about it as not just as kind of like a storyboard, but actually as an entire you know, gaming experience. And uh, can you talk a little bit more about your, your co-founders, Richie Cotton and you know, uh, Dead Mouse, and the two incredible pioneers in the space and how you guys have come together, like kind of like the music Avengers to... Uh, to fight for uh artists freedom yeah for sure it's uh no i'm i'm it's, it's super exciting to work with you know artists like dead mouse and richie because originally you know i was a fan i think you know many years before we started working together i would go to richie's shows or dead mouse shows and how amazing is that for you yeah it's that's your insane. business partner now and you just sold the company come on it's like it's that's an amazing right. dream come true for sure. I mean, the Richie, Richie is and both Richie and Joel, but Richie, Richie, um, you know, was, was an artist I looked up to for so many reasons. I mean, he exists at this intersection of business, technology, music, fashion, like he pulls all of these worlds together. And, and I always found that to be incredibly compelling as a way to, you know, to create things, just to, to pull from all of these different bases, but to have such a clear, cohesive way to bring it together. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's super inspiring to, to work with them. I'll, I'll tell you about the story on how we, um, how we got together and then, you know, why I think they're such incredible visionaries in the space. Um, so many, Love many stories. years ago, I, <laughs> I, I, many years ago, I won this, uh, competition called, uh, the, uh, IMS visionaries. It was, uh, launched by the international music summit which is a really respected uh, music conference that one of our co-founders ben um owns and so i was 24 25 i believe when i'd won this and the idea is it spotlights future leaders in the music industry so i was building my own business at this time and i'd produced a video that would explain my vision for the future of the industry uh you we, we were talking about it earlier today i haven't watched that video in a long time because it was it was maybe like seven, eight years ago. So a little bit cringy to watch back on it, but you know, a lot of the ideas I had them were, were exactly <laughs> the same as, you know, very, very consistent with the way I think right now, you know, I believe in 
you know, is talking about blockchain as a really important tool to fix the music industry and, and had this vision for sort of interactive content that, that was really, um, you know, one of these founding ideas. So I won IMS Visionaries and the owner of IMS, Ben Turner, became my mentor and also a client at that time. And Ben was Richie Horton's manager, which was super exciting to me. I was kind of working with uh, my heroes. Wow. Yeah. Right. So, so we were then working together for many years and I was speaking to this, I was starting to shape my own thoughts around you know, music and gaming and, and the idea that this intersection of the two is really where the future of the industry will start to transform itself. And, um, Richie and Deadmau5 were the most obvious people to speak to because both of them have been continuously thinking about interactive formats. And so I'll give you an example with Richie. You know, he's one of the leading figures in, in the techno scene and the electronic music industry. You know, he really birthed the genre, you could say, responsible in many ways for the techno sound that we, we know and love. Um, and so he, he was always connecting technology and, and kind of pushing the boundaries with this. And, you know, he was one of the first artists, for example, to move away from vinyl and start using MP3s in the DJ booth. You know, he invested into this technology and was chastised for it by the music industry. They were like, what are you doing? Are wow. you on a spreadsheet? Blasphemous. You know, people blasphemous, completely, right? The purists <laughs> did not understand why you would move away from vinyl. This beautiful, you know or you know, art form and and really he was excited about the next evolution about all of this freedom and flexibility that you could have if he was manipulating music in a much more digital way so that's an example of you know one thing richie has done but he has reinvented the rules of the music industry i'd say many times you know whether it's through his connection to fashion through um integrating new technology into his live shows he's constantly pushed the boundaries of what the performance of music could look like and then the experience of it so richie's incredible joel is equally inspiring and richie and joel have been good friends for a long time they're, they're both from canada and share even though they're from different parts of the industry, you could say, you know, Richie is much more underground. Joe has a much more, uh, you'd say, mass appeal with, with his music and, and you know, his, his style. Um, but both equally, you know, visionary and, and you know, I'd say uh, groundbreaking. Joel was using, a, you know, he's a gamer. He's a programmer before he was a musician. And so that's super interesting. Something that a lot of people don't know is Joel, he codes in Unreal. He knows technology at a level that most people just couldn't fathom. He goes to such a granular level of understanding what he's working with. So he's always been a technologist at heart, like Richie. And so as a, as, as a gamer, it was very natural for him to think about how the Unreal Engine could be used in his live shows. And if you've seen a Dead Mouse show before, you'd know it's, you know, it's, it's groundbreaking. He, oh. He's again, he's, you know, he's used the, the cube, for example, as one of his main kind of stage constructs. It's, you know, constantly pushing the boundaries of what this canvas could mean. And I think that's very similar for Rich as well. Um, so Joel's been experimenting in Unreal for a long time. And so I took the vision of Pixelinks in this, its early form to Rich and Joel. And it was really funny when I was showing it to Joel, he was like, let me show you what I'm building. And he basically had the MVP of the concept I was talking about already in development. And he had an epic grant. <laughs> he was, he was working wow. with the epic team and, and yeah, it was just immediate synergy. We were all thinking about the world in the same, in the same way, which is, you know, not surprising because I was just inspired really by most of what these guys have been doing, uh, you know, for, for many years. So 
yeah, they're, they're true visionaries. They really understand the technology. And, and for them, this is not just about the art form, but it's about the business. It's about making sure that we create a business that can protect musicians as we go forward and allow artists to actually make a real living off their craft. And I think, like I said, music, uh, like the business and the art form of music have always been sort of in tension with each other. And I feel like this is a really incredible opportunity to connect those dots and, and allow the art form to reach its next evolution whilst having these incredible foundations for a really strong business to thrive that allows all of the stakeholders to be, you know, paid, paid fairly, fairly, for example. And, you know, that's what we, we obsess over is, is the art form and the business and how the two can, can exist, you know, in, in the most fruitful way. Terrific. Yeah. Great story. Cringy. You know, you know, what's not cringy that you won the award and then you end up actually stepping into, uh, that person. That's absolutely not cringy. <laughs> Congratulations for them for, for giving the award to somebody who is actually deserving of it. So, um, yeah, fantastic, uh, oh, origin we, we, story we bitten by a, yeah. Yeah. We need more of that. I think a hundred percent, you know, if it, if it wasn't for projects like the IMS visionaries, for example, I you know may not be in the position I am. So I think there's, there is a responsibility for, I think more, more people to think about how we break through the next generation. Cause there's so many incredibly talented people. They just, you know, it's just a platform that that's all I was given was, was just a platform to, to actually share, share my, share my ideas. And, and it, you know, it, it works. So I think that's a huge, huge shout out to Ben and then the IMS team for, for continuing to, to, you know, focus on creating the platforms for the next generation and, you know, Animoca as well, of course. Yeah, and that's, and that's what we're working on together. And indeed, you're paying it forward. I mean, you talked about how Epic and Fortnite and Roblox and you know other platforms, yes, they've had millions of people come and watch artists perform, but they're not set up for that at, at their core. And that's, that's your mission is to be able to enable that and to pay it forward and create this paradigm and platform for artists to be able to thrive it's kind of like web3 uh is really perfect for where these uh artists and content developers can can truly thrive in a in a scalable much more equitable way completely i think there's you know so many elements to it one artists finally have new channels to to share their content not just their music but their 3d files you know all of these other elements of their you could say their dna their creative signature now suddenly there's a home for these files and these assets to exist and to to become valuable uh, which i think is super interesting but you know of course at the same time we we also have um this technology that you know with with web3 the ability to now actually put bring music into virtual spaces and change the business model you know up until now there's a reason why there's only a very specific number of music games that have ever really broken through is because the business model of music never really worked inside gaming environments. You know, sync deals, for example, are just very archaic. And what we see now with, with the, in, the advent of Web3 and, uh, you know, really the, its adoption is we can start to imagine new types of business deals and business models that aren't so restrictive and, and require such huge sort of cash outlays just to test whether a platform is, is even going to work. I think all of that changes just because um, we can now use, you know, NFTs and Web3 to actually track and, and, you know, 
think about new types of business models and value creation, which, um, you know, that that's to me is super exciting. I think there's just going to be so much innovation, not just on the front end on the music experience, but also on the back end on how we think the music business actually creates value and where does that value actually flow? All of that is, you know, right now being completely redefined. And, and you know, we, well, I think is extremely, you know, op- it's 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 a really great sign is you know labels like warner especially um are really taking a forward step in the space and and wanting to experiment and test things out so uh you know it's it's it feels like a great time for the music industry i think we're about to see a you know huge resurgence of 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 music kind of like i said just moving into its next evolution the art form and the business of it is is completely uh, redefining itself fantastic really looking forward to watching the progression as you help to create and and define what the Web3 music uh, entire experience is going to be like. Let's take a a little bit of a step back. I know that um, you have a um, background in the music industry, some as an entrepreneur. What are are some of the, uh, some of the lessons that you've, that you've learned while while building in Web3, what are some of the things that you wish you could go back and talk to your younger self or maybe some messages for some other builders out there? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really interesting question because I think it changes a lot. Um, you know, the fundamental principles are always the most important to start with. I think, you know, there's always this excitement about the technology, but I've found, especially more recently, the more and more I obsess over just some of my fundamental beliefs about why I'm in the space and what I think the space is going to do have really allowed me to constantly go back to that and not get lost with the noise because there is a lot of noise and you see the space is changing so quickly, right? Whether it's what volatility driven or just projects and you know suddenly something becomes really popular well, a lot of these things can just be huge distractions, but I think as long as you have those fundamental principles and you keep going back to them and assessing why you're building within this space, I, that it keeps so much clarity. And, and I found that becoming more and more like one of the most useful tools that I have is to just keep going back to some of those fundamental ideas and to start thinking about them slightly differently and, and just, you know, assess like philosophically, where do I think? And, and from a product perspective, how aligned are those fundamentals with, with the direction that we're taking things? So that's really important because ultimately, if you can create a culture of reviewing those fundamental principles so regularly, when you start to build teams, those fundamental principles have now been really baked into the design of your company and the design of your ethos and, and everything that you you do and stand for. So the challenge around web three is it's a paradigm shift, right? As we said, it's like, it takes time for people to truly understand the impact of what this can do for the future of society and the future of business. And that education process, when you're building a team with mixed experiences, you're always going to have a mismatch around how, how much do people understand about the fundamental principles of why we're doing this because the technology will change. It will evolve. Like, you know, ZK rollups, you can go to so many layers of just getting excited about the tech, but ultimately they still go back to these fundamentals. So to me, that's like one of the most important things. I'm, I'm really thinking about it a lot more now in terms of how is, how are those fundamental principles um, expressed in our vision of the company and how we speak to people about what we're building and our product. Uh, and that creates a bit more of an even playing field for new staff to also come in and, and fully get it. Um, 
other things that I would, you know, I think this, the concept of community is, is something that again, takes time to, for people to completely understand it's because what we have in web three, like in many spaces, new evolving spaces is, is buzzwords that can lose meaning very quickly. And so community is one, for example, that if I, you know, if I knew what I knew now, I would think about it slightly differently. I wouldn't just think about it as this marketing extension. I would do what we're doing right now as a company, which is embedding this community into product design. Like again, making it part of this fundamental principle around how the company operates. And, and, and pra practically, um, how, how are you doing that now? How has that shifted? Yeah. So for example, um, as we're thinking about new feature releases and as we're going through this process of ideation, uh, you know, we're thinking about decentralization just throughout the, across the board. So we have new campaigns and projects that are going to be released, you know, over the next year. And the role of our community in the design and development of that is changing. Like we're really starting to open out that process even further. So community may be the ones actually shaping the product in, in a much more refined way. So there's definitely a number of layers on, on how we're thinking about it, like even down to marketing and, and just working with our kind of fans and community members and shaping our creative and, and our concepts. Um, but yeah, I think that again, it's just multiple levels to me. It's more about rather than thinking about these as extensions and just these other elements of the company really embedding them into all of our processes from product design to marketing to um, just, you know, how transparent we are about what we're building and, and, you know, the release of it. Again, basics that I think many people understand, but it's only once you go through it that you start to really understand the impact of it. It's, you know, they're the well-documented ideas, but you have to find your own style because every community is different and there's not going to be a single size fits all, but to me, again, it just comes back to that idea of like, if it's a fundamental principle that you have to build with your community in mind. So think about that as you start to operationalize your company, don't make it an extension, make it part of your process. So it's, it's never just, it's never an afterthought. It should, to me, it should fit in alongside product development in a, and you have to be very, you know, um, you have to be very clear about making that and and you know an, an initiative that you want to pursue and, and you know follow through with it yeah fantastic advice i think as you said you know bigger picture it's a paradigm shift you're redefining an entire you know ancient industry of music as a gigantic global community and there's so many uh so much bells and whistles and distractions that can uh keep you uh completely engaged, but, uh, potentially distracted and drifting from your core values and principles. And to be able to go back to that again and again, I, I often talk to entrepreneurs about just some of the basics of sleep, diet, exercise, meditation, just to be able to own the day and to be able to rinse, repeat and do that well consistently over and over. It's just that consistency. It's a little, uh, it's a little boring, but, uh, Worrying uh, and consistency is good. Uh, and going back to those principles and going back to the user, that's, uh, uh, that's how you win. It's almost like success is guaranteed once you're staying uh, aligned with those things. Yeah, 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 completely. And I, I agree in terms of also the personal well-being. I think that's something that, um, again, it, it takes time. Like I think for people to understand like the true impact of it. But, I, you know, I, I've, I've just come back, for example, from a a five-day holiday and 
the day I came back was probably one of the most productive days I've had in a very long time. What was produced creatively and strategically was some of the best. It was just a complete, the complete, uh, you know, freedom that I needed to just get away for, for quite a while. But, you know, you can, there's tools and tricks for, for you to implement these ideas into your day-to-day -day life and, and have that, you know, clarity and, you know, space in your mind, just like you said, through meditation and other forms of personal well-being, which I also agree probably as in, probably the most important fundamental pillar to start with is, is, you know, how, how you manage and maintain your own well-being. I completely agree. Certainly. I mean, you think about somebody like yourself, like, wow, come on, you have so much pressure. You have amazing co-founders. You're in this industry. You're, you're, you're like a, an icebreaker, just cutting the ice. Like you're pioneering and doing things like I'm never going to stop. I'm just going to keep going and completely sacrifice my very DNA to be able to like, to, uh, actualize this vision. But that's, uh, that's going to get you completely burned out and it's going to, uh, not enable you to be necessarily the most creative, best version of yourself, right? And I think there's a, a lot of younger, perhaps less experienced entrepreneurs who feel like they don't even have the permission to do that. Whereas it's the actual, it's the actual opposite. You should be uh, investing in. Hundred percent. I mean, there's there's some contradictions in the space, right? Web, uh, you know, Web three never sleeps as as a concept, and and the, this idea of uh, you know, finding balance and, and, you know, trying to maintain, uh, you know, like you said, a progressive up, uh, upward trajectory, but I, I completely agree. I think it's, uh, it's, you know, it's just balance. I think that's the most important thing. Any, anyone needs to find as you're developing, you know, any project is trying to get that balance perfectly right, but it's impossible. I think impossible. It's impossible to I think to, to nail it immediately. I think what it takes time, it takes practice and especially when what you're building is ultimately a, an obsession. It's your, 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 for most people, what you're building is a masterpiece in your own mind. And, and in the minds of the people that you've got to believe in you to, to work with you, your team members, they all see the same thing, that this is an obsession and a masterpiece. It's not just a, a, a job or, you know, a company. They, they, they view it with so much passion. So I think in there, there's so much magic, but you also have to be careful that you don't completely tip one way and, and don't find that balance around you know having some clarity beautifully said the spaces between the notes if uh if i may so uh terrific Interful founder and ceo of pixelink ladies and gentlemen now part of the animoca family thank you so much thank you rich it was great to be here and super excited to, to build with the animoca team that uh, we've got some really exciting stuff to to announce and showcase over the next few weeks and months Love it. Right. Thanks again. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. Any opinions provided in this podcast reflect the views of the speakers only.